Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 29th of August, 2023 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Hot and sticky greetings go out to our fellow Hong Kongers both here and around the world. We hear you, Hong Kong, and we are listening. September's show will be on Thursday the 21st and has the theme, Piece of Cake. And Vincent is collecting stories through pitch workshops for the show. If you've ever wanted to tell your story on stage, now is the time to step up and give it a go. You can follow the links to the workshops on the website, www.hongkongstories.com. Now, a quick note about our themes. They're pretty broad. You might have a story about a time you did something that you expected to be hard, but wasn't, or expected to be easy, but was definitely not. You might have a story about a baking experience, or a time when you had to eat something you really didn't want to, or maybe a time when you just wanted to be part of something larger. The possibilities are endless, and we're eager to hear your stories. Find information about workshops, drop us an email, all through the contact link on the website hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with the story told live on stage in February 2022 at a show that had the theme, Lost in Translation, here is Madeline. So I'm from South Africa. I was a teacher there too. And in South Africa, after seven years of teaching, you get three months paid leave. I was young, oh, so young, so many, many years ago. It was my first ever Free months holiday. One of my friends asked me what I planned to do at this time, and I said without thinking, because that's how I roll, that I am going overseas. Collectively, my friends rolled their eyes at me. They were used to me making sort of rash decisions and dramatic announcements. But yet, once it was said, it was in the universe, and it was happening. But unfortunately, it was very close to the time of the start of the holiday, and I did not really have enough money. I had barely had enough money for my return ticket. My friends, who realized that I was going to go ahead with my foolish plan, amongst themselves organized at least some of my accommodation for me. One friend, John, knew somebody in Brussels, so he phoned and organized for me to stay there, Marion note um, somebody in Paris, and my colleague Judy knew somebody had an aunt that um, lives in Carluk, Scotland, a very small little town, and that was where I was going to start my holiday. I did my bit. I borrowed a backpack, some travelling books, and I went to the movies. I went about a week before I was supposed to leave. I always saw a movie. I think it was called The Play, and I think it starred Robert De Niro. And in this movie, he was in a light blue convertible, and he was driving down the road, and he stopped, and he went into a restaurant, and as he was going into the restaurant, his suit pocket began to ring. And from it, he took a device, opened it, and spoke in it. 
I told my friends after the movies, do you know that in America you actually get phones that can fit in your pocket? They, of course, didn't believe me. They thought I was delusional or I misunderstood or worse, that I was finally cracking under the pressure of this very bad plan. So African young girls simply did not go overseas by themselves. I wasn't going to admit it to anyone, but at this stage, I myself was getting quite scared. And by the time I was supposed to leave, I were petrified. But as I got onto that plane and settled in, all that fear went. It was just such an adventure. I loved everything about that plane. The food that came in, in those days, it was still real plates. The, the air hostesses that ran up and down, looking so pretty and helpful. It happened in those days. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, the wall-to-wall movies. I even liked the turbulence. But then Heathrow, wow, so big, so busy, so glamorous. And a young boy then explained, young man I should say, explained to me that to get to Scotland where I was going, I need to go to Victoria Station. And to get to Victoria Station, I need to take an underground train. An underground train? At Victoria Station, I got onto the right train, and I was on my way to Glasgow. And I still, to this day, remember how absolutely charmed I was with this beautiful landscape, this green landscape. I mean, I'm from South Africa. I'm supposed to be used to green. But this was just all so magical. By the time I reached Glasgow, it was around about 10 o'clock at night. And from there, I phoned from a public phone the aunt explaining to her that I'm coming, and she said to me, yes, you know, she will wait for me at, on the platform at Carlook Station. So, um, that's it. <laughs> so, I was on my, so then I, I, I got onto the train, it was 12 o'clock at night, it's a small train, small town, small train, two, maybe three carriages at most, and it was cold, it was winter, and the people wore wonderful, glamorous coats, and I was just so happy. And I was sitting in this train on my way to Carluk. <sighs> but something went wrong. The train stopped at Carluk station, but the doors didn't open. Yeah, that was how I should have reacted. But how I did react was, yay, part of the adventure. The other... <laughs> The other people on the train reacted like you just did, yeah. They were absolutely shocked and angry, and a conductor came through the door and said, sorry about that, there was a mistake, don't worry, stay on the train. On the way back, because it was the second last station before the end, we, it will stop and then you can get off. Okay, so people were rude, people were angry, I was happy. The, the aunt that was waiting for me at the station was worried though. She knew it was my virgin trip and I think my colleague warned her about the fact that it was a bit haphazard. She was convinced she was going to read about me three weeks from then, dead tourists found in ditch. <laughs> and she expressed this worry to one of the people around her who said, don't worry, my son is on that train and he's one of, got one of those new mobile phones. I will phone him from the, from the phone booth and let him know to look out for her. So here I am on the train having the time of my life. Nobody can prepare you for how wonderful your first trip 
overseas is. And then the guy two seats from me, suit pocket begins to ring. <laughs> and from his suit pocket, he takes a device, opens it, and talk in it. And I thought to myself, ha, huh, I was... But before I could finish that idea, he said, is there a Madeleine Falls kink on this train? <laughs> so the very first phone that I see in my entire life, and the phone call was for me. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it did feel like the universe was putting things together to make a wonderful trip for me. And it was like that. The whole trip, the whole three months was full of wonder and ecstasy and agony. I mean, I didn't have some days enough money to buy food. But by the time I got back from South Africa to the South Africa, I was totally hooked on traveling. And there were cell phones everywhere. <laughs> but not one of my friends could remember that a year ago, three months ago, when I told them about phones that could fit in your pocket, they did not believe me. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>